We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. (laughs) This is Alabama coach Nate Oates. When we're not playing, I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, the final four is set. The final four set is here. We are four teams left in the NCAA tournament. What started as a Field of 68. (laughs) Is now You're excited. a field of four. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Rob Dawson here. Terrence Oglesby, Jeff Goodman. This is the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live streaming over on YouTube. We are live over on SiriusXM Channel 84. That is College Sports Radio. Presented by our partners at Bet River Sportsbook and presented by Underdog Fantasy. You get a hundred dollar, hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars uh, when you use the code Field TO. Yes. That was an all-time classic. How about that? That was a great game. Miami advances to the Final Four, 88-81. Jordan Miller had 27 points, 9 for 9 from the floor, 11 for 11 from the free throw line. Didn't miss a shot the entire game. It was like a young Terrence Oglesby. Well, well, yeah, in my dreams, maybe. And here's the biggest storyline. The ACC is still alive. We're back. We might as well call it the South Florida Invitational. You got Boca represented. You got Miami represented. I'm not sure many people knew there was a basketball team in Boca until this tournament. But what a run. Dusty May, he's there. Jim Laranega, he's there. It's good good basketball. It's good Mm -hmm. basketball. Not the brand names, per se. But that being said, Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack, Jordan Miller, who, guys, for all intents and purposes, could have very much been the ACC Player of the Year. He was for a lot of people. He showed why he's so valuable to the U today how good was he you know who the happiest person is right now johnny ruiz no doubt money ruiz nil not a bad thing right because john ruiz was at the elite eight last year in that run he was like you know what this is kind of fun (laughs) i I think i want to help out this program a little bit more obviously you know he's a football guy but you know give some money to nigel pack it gets out there 400 grand a year we all crucify it but, again, it's going it to pay, it. pay itself back it here in the what, Final Four. What do you think Jordan Miller is worth in NIL right now? I'm sure he had some money this past year, too, just to get out <laughs> publicly. But, listen, this Miami team didn't quit. You know, they were right? down 13 in the second half. They but, fought back. Isaiah Wong made some big shots when it mattered. Again, 
You kept expecting the run, though. It seemed like they yeah. just couldn't get a, an easy one to fall or something like that. And their defense yeah. held them up. That second half, yeah. their defense initiated some quick offense. Things started to kind of roll. They just need to see it go through the hoop a couple times. And they only made a couple threes. I mean, yeah. that was the biggest thing for me is Texas shot it well from mm -hmm. three. And Miami kind of hung around, like you said. They did it with their defense. And Norchad, even though he's in foul trouble, what did he do? He sets the tone, man. Relentless. Just tough. Tough as, as shit. And you know what? Again, uh, I think these teams were similar. But at the end of the day, you know what? I think I trusted Miami at the end of the game. Sure. I, I trusted trust their, their players. You trust their backcourt right. players. Yep. Where I you just never quite trust. Now, Marcus Carr wasn't 100% at the end. You could tell he got hurt. But if you would have taken a knee to the side of the thigh oh, by Norchad O'Meara, of course, been out two months. So I'm saying, I mean, he's going to be really hurting later. <laughs> but again, you had to run something at the end of the game. And Rodney Terry, listen, you did one hell of a job, and I hope you get the job. But you cannot let Brock Cunningham take a shot with a season on the line like that at the right. end of the game. Yeah. yeah. And I was wondering when a timeout was going to be Kyle. Guys, I was upstairs packing, getting ready to go home. I got the red eye tonight. Rob hits me. He's like, you need to come down. I'm like, I'm coming down next call timeout. There were no call timeouts. Mm -hmm. It took too long to get there. You got to organize your guys. The contrast in the entertainment value between watching the second Elite Eight oh. game versus the first Elite Eight game, yeah. massive. Huge. Massive. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I do, I do, I do want to ask you guys about this because Miami, when it comes down to I think the difference in this game was if you look at what happened down the stretch, Miami put the ball in their playmakers' hands. And they got good shots out of it. Yeah. Down the stretch, you had the Marcus Carr turnover when he got stripped. You had Timmy Allen throwing the ball away when Jordan Miller made the steal. Yeah. And you had Brock Cunningham taking a bad shot. That is the difference in a game like this. What? Three clutch possessions. Yep. Three buckets for Miami. Yep. Three clutch possessions, two turnovers, and the wrong guy taking the shot for and, and multiple guys for Miami that could make a play. Yes. Nigel Pack could make a play. Isaiah Wong could make a play. Jordan Miller, obviously could make a play, and you could just pick whichever matchup you want if you're Miami. And one guy that, that does, I don't think he's going to get enough credit for how he played, Wuga Poplar was really good today. Coming up with extra possessions, toughness plays, knocked down a shot or two, hit a, hit a corner three. Like, this Miami team, that UConn game is going to be interesting. That link. You want five points in that one? Because that's what the early line is, five really? points. Five points from the favor of five. UConn. I think they can keep it close. I do. Guards are going to have to make shots. Guards are going to have to make shots North in, in a North Super Bowl has got to stay in the game. That's He's right. He's got to stay in the game, which is, again, against Sunogo, I think he can. I think the problem is going to be you're fighting Sunogo. Right. And then, you know what, all of a sudden you see big Donovan Klingon come in when, you're, when you start to feel tired. Right. That's a but big point. Give Miami credit. Listen, especially the fact that you look at where this program was about five years ago. And the FBI investigation kind of caught them in the crosshairs. Right. And, and it wasn't, they Justified. weren't at fault. They didn't do anything. Right. Ultimately, they were cleared, but it really, really hit them from a recruiting standpoint, and they were able to come back from it. And Jim Laranaga, man, in his 70s. Hell of a job. Oh, what he's done. Absolutely. And he's lost some assistant coaches as well. Yep. Amazing story. Yes. Amazing. It really, and you know what the most amazing part about it is to me is that I don't think there's anybody that – Forgive me for the way I phrase this. Coaches less during a game than, than Jim Larry yeah. Nagin. Well, he's just kind of, he's like, this guys, is you what you got to put your dudes in position and let them rock. Yes, he, that's what he does. That's what he does. He puts his guys in the spot. He says, we want this action. 
Go make a play. That's we'll right. See what happens. If you have if an it advantage, works, it works. Yeah, if, you recruit dudes to be dudes, and yes. he gets them there, and he lets them be dudes. You know what? Three, three of the, three of the coaches have never been to a final. Uh, three of the programs have never been to a final four. Awesome. One coach has though. Right. And Larry Hager. Hager. Yep. Right. Yeah. One coach has. George Mason. We forget about that. Yeah. It's a you long know, time ago. I know who he beat. Who did he beat? I know who he beat. Say UConn. It. UConn. Yes, he beat UConn. That was a Rudy right. Gay UConn team, right? Yeah, Rudy Gay, Marcus Williams, that. Tony Skin. Tony Skin. We might be hearing his name a little more. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so when, with, with Miami now, now that they're advancing to the Final Four, like where? First of all, do we get a Life Wallet logo on the banner that they hang? In the Nobody bottom? even knows what Life Wallet is. Still don't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't everyone, matter. Well, everyone knows that it's a thing. We need to get Life no, Wallet no. right on the jersey. Life Wallet. What life is wallet? Life Wallet? Life Wallet logo on the banner that they hang for the Final Four? They're going to, honestly, they're going to come out with, with jerseys, and instead of Miami, it's just going to say Life Wallet. I'm with it. <laughs> Got them to a Final Four. Whatever. Yeah. Say Whatever what you it want. takes, man, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is. Where, so, what do you make of, the, of Texas at this point? I mean, listen, I, I still think they had a hell of a season. Yes. You know, they had chances here to close it out, and again, you know, I, I think it's the difference between guys that, that to me, I trust a little bit more at Miami. That was, and, and Dylan Dissou might have made a difference here too. Absolutely, right. I mean, the, certainly the way he was playing mm-hmm. over the last two weeks. If we saw a healthy Dylan Dissou, it might have been a difference in, in the outcome. And Christian but, Bishop was down there, yeah. therefore Omir yeah. was down there. Right, right. right. If Dissou's out there, he can shoot it a little bit. Not a great shooter, but at the same time, he had been better to, lately. He had been better. At least out to 15, yeah. 17 feet. Right. You're pulling him out that much more. I think he would have made a massive difference, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, I still think and hope that Chris Del Conte rewards Rodney Terry with a contract. I don't know what that contract is. Again, I'll still say it. I wouldn't give him anything close to Chris Beard money. Two I, years, though. Two years. We'll see if well, we keep just, this thing It's rolling. the buyout. It's all about the buyout. Right. I can give him a four-year deal, yeah. but make the buyout be, you know, give him a guaranteed next year, give him a guaranteed two and a half, three million if you want. And, and go up a little bit, but make the buyout be $3 million next year, something like that that's not ridiculous. And then just say to them, listen, if you prove it, we'll rip up this contract. Mm-hmm. We'll rip it up. We'll give you a brand new one, but we need you to prove it for one more year. I think, he, I, I think he's already given him the job. He just hasn't talked to us. The only reason I think so, this is probably a crazy yeah. assumption, but I saw Del Conte before the game. They showed a picture of him. Yeah, he was wearing those buff sunglasses. Yeah. The exact same glasses that my man Rodney Terry wears all the time. And I think it was a subtle hint that they've already given it to him. They just haven't told us yet. All right, so we're talking about coaching changes. Is this Jim Larinaga, would you ride off into the sunset? You get this Miami team to a final No, why would you? Why? He's enjoying the hell there. I mean, come on. He shows up, you know, he has some fun. You can see how much fun Jim Larinaga has. He goes get some Planet Smoothie, walks by the swim team every day. He's a man of repetition. You remember (laughs) he came on the the show and talked to us. This is what he does. He's not going anywhere. I mean, he loves it, too. You can tell he loves people. He is going to have a blast at the Final Four. Now, people are going to have to cut him off from the stories that he's going to tell. Right. Because he'll go way, like, way over. Whoever's behind him. They're going to have to put them last. That's what they should yeah. do if they were smart. Jim's long-winded. But Jim, but Jim what's he going to do? Retire and move to Boca? No. He's I mean, already in his spot. Right. That's right. That's right. He'll go a couple more years. Right. And, again, why would you retire right now when, when you've got, like, this team, this program where it is? You keep this thing going. And 
I still go back to, again, talking to Laranega. Right after all this stuff came out with Nigel Pack, I saw him down in, in uh, Rock Hill, and he was at AU tournament down there. You yeah. guys were there. And I asked him, I'm like, Jim, like, what's going on with this thing? And he's like, I don't care. He's like, I'm yeah. not worried about this at all, hurting my locker room or anything like that. He goes, I didn't deal with John Ruiz, and I'm not going to worry about this. And I just talked to Nigel Pack about it the other day, and he said this hasn't been an issue at all in our locker room all year. We don't really talk about it. Everybody's what he said too, because I asked him if it was going to be if it was a distraction. You know what he said? We only deal with one one company, LifeWallet. Other kids deal with five, ten. They got to tweet out certain things. He said all we have is LifeWallet, mm -hmm. so it makes and we know exactly what we have to do. And he said. They're making it a lot easier for us right now this time of year. We got to tweet a few things. We might have to do a, you know, some sort of promotional thing, uh, a video or whatnot. But he said it's it's really not very difficult to manage. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to Jordan Miller. Yeah. Because I mean, you're you watch more ACC than any of us. I do watch I, a lot of ACC. Randolph, I always have this in my head from Randolph Childress when he talks about Jordan Miller, because he said that he, he would have voted for Jordan Miller for ACC Player of the Year, but Jordan Miller was not put on the ballot by Miami because they were trying to get Isaiah Wong the award. 27 points tonight, 7 for 7 from the floor, 13 for 13 from the line. Like, what do you uh, – how good is this kid? He's jack of all trades. When, when we talk about Miami, we talk about Nigel Pack. We talk about Isaiah Wong. We talk about Norchad O'Meara. This is the dude. This yeah. is their guy. Yeah, six seven long, multiple position defender does a lot for this team. Yes. And not only that, like having that third playmaker. You know, it, teams come in, they're so locked in on Pack, they're so locked in on Wong, they're worried about Omir's presence. Mm -hmm. And then you have another playmaker at six seven, six eight with long arms that can make some things, some things happen for himself too. I think that was the, the the matchup that Miami found out that hey, Allen's a tough player, but I think Isaiah Wong against Marcus Carr push. Nigel Pack against, uh, well, Jabari Rice or Tyrese Jabari Hunter. Jabari Rice or Tyrese Hunter. Push. Yeah. I think Jordan we have Miller the quickness advantage. We have the quickness right. advantage in that particular matchup. And well, he again, can it was also like stay Dylan front. Mitchell and Jordan Miller. Jordan Miller obviously won that matchup. He's just smarter. Mm -hmm. well, he's, he's smarter. Older, he's and he's 20, older. He's, he's older. He's 37 right. years old. And right. you know Dylan what the Mitchell problem is? just got out of high school. Dylan Mitchell's still not a threat offensively. That's you right. don't have to guard. The only reason you got to guard him is on lobs. Exactly That's right. That's it. Exactly right. What's, you know, it's going to be a fascinating matchup. This is, well, we'll get more to the, uh, the matchups in the Final Four in a second, but you know what's going to be fascinating? Andre Jackson. Andre Jackson. Jordan Miller. Jordan Miller. Good call. Is that, is that, what you, is that how you start defensively? I think you have to. What are you going to put a caravan play, on him? They played Miller at the floor. Who are you going to put caravan on? I mean, the only thing I could think would put, put him on Poplar. Yeah, that's what I would do. But the thing is, Poplar, he's a good he's athlete, so too. He's had, some big, he's had some big-time games, too. He's got some big-time athleticism. But he's got a matchup against Caravan's length. That's right. That's the thing. And, yeah. and, and again, but Poplar's, it'll, what, 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, six. He's not a small dude. I think a couple six, inches taller. I think 6'5", and he's big. Yeah, yeah but, man, he, would, he's athletic. I would put Caravan on Jordan Miller. I would put Andre Jackson on Isaiah Wong. I would, too. I, I would, you, too. You got to cut off the head right, of the right. I, I, Jordan, like Jordan Miller's not going for 20, whatever it was, one again. That's not took, him. He took seven shots, and he got to the line, and a lot of the stuff he got to the line right. from, right. Was, it wasn't like he was putting the ball I, I don't worry about Jordan out. Miller. Like, to me, he's going to get his 12-15 normally. Like you said, you better cut off either Wong. I, I would put Jackson on Wong or Pack, whichever one's rolling. That's a hard me, part. Whichever one. That's a hard part. You take two away, the third one's going to get you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess, again, 
I think Jordan Miller didn't have a career game, but this isn't what he normally. He doesn't normally go for twenty plus. He does. Yeah, I'm not. And it's the Ruga Poplar. You could put Jordan Hawkins on him. You feel okay about it? Yeah, I would feel okay with that matchup. But where would you put Caravan if you put him on Poplar? Put him on Jordan Miller. I don't love that. I don't love it either. But you got that's what that's what you got to do. That's right. I think that's what you got to do. Listen, um, we got to talk about Creighton, San Diego State. We got to talk about that foul call. Lee Castle. The way that the game ended. Was it a foul? Was yeah, it, it was not a foul. a foul? We're going to tell you when we come back. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can get a little extra sweat during March Madness and win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's games. In pick'em, all you do is predict whether a player will go higher or lower on Underdog's projected totals whether that's points rebounds whatever for example if you're like me and you think zach Eady is going to go nuts in this tournament pick higher on his points projection add up to four more picks and if you hit them all you can win 20 times your money on a single game underdog slick mobile app is easy enough that dummies like jeff goodman have even figured it out so go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code Field F I E L D and underdog will match your deposit up to a hundred bucks. Now is the time to get in on the madness. So remember, underdogfantasy.com promo code field. Welcome back. Field is 68 after dark. We are live on Sirius XM channel 84, College Sports Radio. We are streaming over on YouTube. Jump in the chat. Ask us some questions. We're going to be answering them in the afters if we can hear producer Dagan over there on the other side of the room. Rob Doster here. I got Terrence Oglesby. I got Jeff Goodman. We got to talk about the game. We got to talk about San Diego State. We got to talk about Creighton. We're going to get into to the Aztecs here in a little bit, but I want to start on the foul call because that has been the talking point. Yeah, people when, are not thrilled with my take. Not thrilled. No one's thrilled about it. Creighton fans are not thrilled, period. Period. But let's, let's dive into Let's set the stage a little bit. Physical, Hit more physical, shots. physical basketball game. Right. Tie score, 6.7 seconds left. San Diego State ball. Ball comes into uh, Darian Trammell, drives into the lane, throws up a floater. Ryan Nemhard contests with the right hand, got his left hand on his hip. Astromel lands, lands and falls to the left. Foul call gets whistled, goes to the line, makes one of two. Game over. Yep. I'm going to start with you, Jeff. Was it a foul? Was it the right call? Where do you stand? I mean, it's clearly a foul. I mean, he, he had his hand on him like yeah. this. You like that? Don't, oh, yeah. don't, don't touch yeah, me. Yeah, it's a little too much. <laughs> but, but it wasn't like, like a kind of... Like Talking to it the was mic. Clear. It was clear. Yeah. He didn't just touch him. He had him. He yeah. had him. I'm not sure how much it impacted, but again, you got to call that. You have to call You have that. to call it. Right. Yeah, no question. You have to call it. Guys, here's the thing. They say, well, you... It wasn't being called all game, and I, I grant you that. It, it was a physical basketball game. That being said, you can't completely dislodge somebody up in the air. And, and for everybody who's saying, well, it wasn't called like that the whole game, that, that's not a point of emphasis for officiating well, I, crews. I, I hate people who say that also. It wasn't. Well, how many How many of those exact like plays were there? Not many. Right. That's Somebody shot it, so, and they, they were moved? Right. Come on, guys. Right. Let's, let, let's be better. I know you're upset, Creighton fans. Whatever. I don't care. It was a foul. It was a foul. And, it, and if you're looking at it objectively, and we are, I don't care who no, wins. No, I don't have a dog in Creighton, the fight. I don't, right. I don't have a bet. Right. I don't right. have nothing. Right. Creighton, San Diego State. I got no horse in that race. Here's the thing. He goes up in the air. He's dislodged. He's moved away. 
This is not so, referees don't look at it like, well, I've let it go all day. I'm going to let it go. No, every play is its own individual play. That's how it's been described to me. That's how it's been described to the officiating. And the ref crew. had a great angle. Lee on Castle, that. Right. Great he angle. will stare you straight yeah. in the face yeah. and make the call that needs to be called. Yeah. That dude ain't no punk. I guarantee it. And he yep. showed it once again. Yep. He's done this all year. If it comes down to the end of the, end of the game, into the shot clock, whatever, he's got no qualms about making that right call and looking you dead in the face when he does it. Yeah, you can see the angle. There's a camera angle directly behind the official's head. And what you see is the left hand around them left hand on the dude's hip, landing and falling to his left. That's going to get called every single time. Now, yep. I do sympathize with the Creighton fans that said, why wasn't this called all game? Creighton is the, the team that wants a little bit more of a free-flowing offense. If you're going to have a game where you're not calling hand checks, where you're not calling that anywhere else on the floor, then I understand why they're frustrated. Sure. Having said that, it was a foul. It was a foul. It was a foul. I don't... And, and I, again, I, I say it all the time. Lee Castle's refereeing this game, and he's going to be evaluated on every call. Mm -hmm. And it will also determine whether or not he well, is, right. he is me, officiating so me, next week. So let me ask you guys this. If that is not called a foul, if nothing is called, he misses and it goes to overtime. Are San Diego State fans sitting here saying that should have been a of foul? Of course. They should have called Listen, that a foul. I'm no sick question. and tired. I get it all the time. I don't, I don't think that they would be. Yes, they are. That, of course that, they are. That's the Because I don't think if you watch You're that. You're wrong. Yeah, they're you they're complaining. That. Rob, both sides complain no matter what. No matter what they complain. I just, right. I just don't think that you look oh at that and you say it wasn't a foul of your San Diego statement. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't have complained about it. They're going to complain. Rob, come on. Are they going to complain? why? Because it was clean up top. That's why. There was no foul up top. There's so going to no be a replay. Yeah. You see the replay. Rob, it was a foul. And, and, right. and people right. would have complained exactly. regardless. Yeah. It, one way or the other, people would have complained. It, it, That's what fans do. They complain when they lose. They complain about the officials. Hey, let's, let's, blame, yes. let's blame the officials, not Creighton going two Always. for 15 from three. Every single game. Let's complain about that. Right. Well, no, one, you're correct. Two, the, right. the reason they went two for 15 from three is Why, because what, they were being dislodged out of the air? No, it's because what San Diego State does defensively. So let's talk about San it's Diego State. It's actually because State. of Inflacate. Inflacate. That's that so part I do. I, I'll be honest. San Diego State went not, three of 13. <laughs> yeah. I do not enjoy Jeez. watching San Diego State basketball games. I do not enjoy it because of the style that they play. I this is it. what they do. I love it. They make it. it ugly. They make it physical. They make it tough. Give me Miami, Texas scoring in the 80s and the 90s. Then of course, it's, it's more visually eye-pleasing. We know that. But mm -hmm. don't take anything away from the way San Diego State plays, the way they guard, the toughness. I like the fact that you're going to have different styles. And to be honest, it's who controls tempo has a chance to win the game. If San Diego State can't, they have no chance of playing at a faster pace. Now, they're going to be able to do it in this next one because, to be honest, like against FAU, it, it's going to work. teams that are very similar to each yeah, other. Yeah, I mean, FAU plays tough, State's right? just bigger. They're very yeah. similar to each yeah. other. San Diego State's just bigger. Except Texas Tech has got a line? big boy, too. What's the line? Uh, two. The it line's two? It opened at only two. Look at T.O.'s thinking about putting his first wager ever. I'm not I'm, putting it on. I'm, 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 not, I'm, not put, I'm not putting but I guess. Oh, yeah. He loves them. They're the same team. loves them. They're the same team as FAU. They're just They're tougher. similar. They're bigger. I mean, think about it. A lot of the guards for San Diego State were what? Mid-major guards. No, I, They could have started FAU. I'm not arguing. I think that San Diego State wins that game by 10. I've also thought that Florida Atlantic was going to lose every single game that they played except for Fairly Dickinson. <laughs> now, I picked them to lose every, every round of the tournament. I had so train, the train's got to stop somewhere. Train's yeah, got to stop somewhere. Probably, but listen, 
if they win, again, they won four. Florida Atlantic Why wins the national championship. It would You're be not insanity. wrong. That would be insanity. I'm going to go to the parade when they win. Could you imagine that parade? Boca. All the old people. Of, it'd be all a bunch that, of old right? people. I mean, Larry Nagy's buddies. Out there. Yeah. There's, they, they're even going to go. They're not. If they win, there's not going to be a parade. Where are they going to have a parade? Boca. There'll be a company bingo party. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're going to have it at the old folks' a, home. A city, yeah, a there, city bingo party in, in Boca. Nobody in Boca Raton knows that Florida Atlantic is in Boca Raton. There's nobody. Against, nobody all, does. Another solid point. Nobody does. How about this? So, Division Two National Champions, Nova South. What was it? Nova, Nova no. Southeastern. Southeastern. They win. Now you have two South Florida teams in the Final Four. Center of basketball resides huge, huge. Boca and South. So let me ask you guys this. Is this a good thing for the sport? Is this a good thing for basketball? It is the first time since 2011 that we've had two mid-major programs facing off in the Final Four. It's the second time ever, or at least in the last 50 years, that we've had two teams in the Final Four playing each other in their first ever trip to the Final Four. Is I mean, that I a like good it. For the sport? I enjoy it because it's different. It's unique. A lot of these programs, you know, San Diego State, they were 30-2 and two the year of COVID. Yeah. And, and COVID shut them down, so they had no chance. They had a great mm-hmm. team that year, a team that some thought could get to the Final Four. So they're rewarded. Florida Atlantic, you know, a mid-major team, showing that, you know what, these mids might belong rather than some of these, you know, high majors that barely get in, uh, you know, get in the NCAA tournament. You know, again, is it good overall? For the casual fan base, probably not. Probably no, not. The ratings aren't going to be good, so I understand that. They want to see Kentucky. You want to see Duke. You want to see Carolina. Why? Because you have huge fan bases, and then other people either love them or hate them. Right. Nobody loves or hates FAU, Nobody. Really. Nobody does name I mean, recognition Some people maybe like FAU, and yeah. they're rooting for them, certainly because they're a Cinderella story. But, again, who are you hating in this group before? UConn. UConn. You're not UConn's hating you're UConn. hating. I mean, hey, Danny Hurley is hateable. I mean, Andrea Hurley hates him plenty of times. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, that's true. No, I think in the Northeast, the UConn definitely sticks out as that, that team. Go to Rhode Island and see who they're cheering for. That's a big question. Yep. Uh, no, you, you're right. There's not a hateable team in the bunch. That hurts things. You need a villain, man. You need, you need a, a villain. villain. That, that's kind of the thing that kind of could get you. Danny there. Hurley can be a villain. I think you. I think could, UConn is I just a don't know. I think he's quirky enough to where people are just like, you know what? Here's, here's I can a, deal with him. Here's, here's my take on it. The way that, that San Diego State wants to play, where the officials allow them to get in the mud, they allow it to physical up, they want to play in the 50s, I think that allowing that to happen is not a good thing for college basketball, period. Because this is the biggest stage the sport's going to be on. These, these are going to be the games that everybody is watching. And what are they going to watch? A bunch of physical dudes where they're basically daring officials to call a foul on every possession. In that game, you're yeah, right. That's not something that is good for and the And it could be both watch. games. It could be both games. Because you know what? Whoever advances is going to try to muck it up out of San Diego State. Yeah, FAU. but I don't think yeah. – but FAU doesn't – They can. They can play. But they just put up 79 right. on Kansas State, right? right? Like, they'll, they'll yep. run. Yep. They'll score. Well, they, they have the guards points. to be able yes. to do it. And even, even Vlad, even big Vlad can get up and down the court. He can. He can move. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. It's the same thing as, like, tennis. Like, when you want to play that style, it is not visually appealing. It works because they, when you dare the officials to make a foul call on every single possession, they're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Best, best, best line of the tournament so far is Dusty May after winning in the round of 32, saying, "We're going to go watch film on Tennessee and how to play rugby." 
Yeah. Best line of the yeah, like. That's not that's not a good thing for like. Nobody really cares about Miami. Nobody really cares about Texas. Whatever, right? They're just they're football schools that happen to have a really good basketball season. They just played a thrilling game that was 88 to 81 with shot makers, with bucket getters, with the floor spread, with guards all over the floor. They're, down the stretch of that game, last five minutes, there was nobody taller than six seven. The only they didn't big start guy, anybody bigger than six eight. The only big guy on the floor was Norchad O'Meara. The only big guy for Texas Christian was well. Down the stretch, it was Dylan Mitchell, oh, yeah. the guy catching all the lobs. Like, that was a thrilling basketball game to watch. San Diego State is going to play close games that might have a tight ending that are miserable to watch. That is not a good thing for basketball. And the way that the game gets officiated allows teams like San Diego State to advance. That's my only problem. I think it's a great story. And the team that had Malachi Flynn, they didn't play that way. They spread it out. No, they, they, they went. Right. Malachi Flynn was an NBA point guard. Well, they have different personnel, and this is – this is generally the way San Diego State has played over the last 10, 12 years. You know, I, I hear what you're saying. I understand it. But I also think if you got four teams that are all playing the same way, yeah, it, it, it's fun up and down. Obviously, people like offense more than they like defense. I, I just like, again, I like different styles. I like seeing who's going to be able to control the game and how and no, how, how you're going to be able to game plan to try to – Try to slow a team down, you know. There's in, nothing wrong with trying to slow. Brian, a team. How about Brian Dutcher's versatility as a coach, though? You just mentioned it, like having offense scoring 90 points. This team having to switch it up, all defensive focus, bigger, stronger, older dudes. Find ways to win. It might not be pretty, but it wins. Mm -hmm. It does stink to watch sometimes, but it wins. Yeah, but like, I just, my issue and my problem is that there was one point in the second half of that game, right? Nine minutes left in the second half. It was a slog. There were three fouls called on that game. There were three fouls in the first 11 minutes of the second half. And we had, we had dudes bleeding. We had Killing hook and people. holds. Yeah. There was, it was physical. There were elbows being thrown. Like that, yeah. was, that was two of the toughest teams in college basketball going head-to-head. -head. Yeah. There were three fouls called. It was not fun to watch. No. It was not visually appealing. And, frankly, it wasn't basketball when you play like that. I hear no lies. That's my, that's my biggest issue is that if you're gonna if you're gonna have a, the game played a certain way, Chris Mack went on a rant about this on Twitter after the first weekend. If you're gonna want to call the game a certain way, then do it. Yeah. But don't tell me about freedom of movement and all this stuff. I and mean, this is what you Man, let go. This happens, but and then this you happens every year. Just this happens crazy. every year, though. They, they, they have a, a point of emphasis: no flopping, freedom of movement. It works until the middle of January, and that shit goes by the wayside. It happens every year, but. Here's the thing, like, you know going into the tournament, the physical team's going to win 85% of the time. 85% of the time. You have to be physical. Yeah, you have you to. Have you have to be, be physical, big, you have to be strong, you have to be physical. There's just a line. It, just, it bothers me when it gets to that level. Yeah, sure. Nobody wants to see, a, again, a rock fight. Nobody wants to see a rock fight where both teams, you know, are combined five of, of, of 30 from three. Right? Well, again, I mean, I, I think... Really like, the inflate gate is real. That's all I'll say. It's real. Like everybody's complaining I about don't know. these balls. But right we, now. but we talked about the rims. About, yeah. And then you're gonna put them in a in a in a huge arena. Like, but, but it we could talked get about worse. it too before this game. What does San Diego State do better than almost everybody? Third in the nation, three point yeah. field goal defense. Yeah. Yep. That was something. It, Creighton was gonna have to make shots. They didn't yeah. make shots. If and they weren't a great. Shots, and they weren't a great shooting team this year. No, they weren't. They were an average shooter, especially also, for Greg McDermott. I'm, I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I say this, but Creighton missed like 25 layups. 
they were something like eight for 23 at the rim. Yeah. Ryan Kalkbrenner missed like four or five on his own that you got to make. Yeah. I know you got Nathan Mensah down there, but you got to make those. You got to make them. Yeah, Three I, blocks I, for Mensah. I just think we got to give credit a lot more. I think we got to give credit to what San Diego State has done there, and and it's you know obviously first Mountain West Final Four, and and what they took over and Dutcher, again being a longtime assistant who who didn't know if he'd ever get a shot, Mm -hmm. but part of the reason Steve Fisher stepped down when he did is because he knew he could give the job to Dutcher, longtime assistant, you know at Michigan, you know. To me, an incredible story for Dutcher to be able to get here at this point in his career when, again, people weren't sure he'd ever be a head coach. Well, that's, that's the thing. You kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but San Diego State had a Final Four team in 2020. They were a yeah. two seed in 2020, and COVID shut it down. Same thing with Dayton. Dayton had a number one seed that year, right? So it's nice to see that coach, those fans. It's probably not too many of the same players, but the same program, right. and at least that group gets to live vicariously through this group, and they get to see yeah. their team, their program. Yep. You know, I'm sure Malachi Splint is celebrating right now. He's yeah, no it. doubt. No doubt, because, again, he didn't get the opportunity, and now these kids do, and, you know, now the, the, the big question is, again, the, the, the beauty of this is, obviously, UConn is a heavy favorite, right? Yep. We know that. But it's not like UConn is so good. It's not like they're so good, guys. It's not like you look at them and you're like, they can't be beaten. They've I don't been know, great Jim. so far, but they beat Iona. Okay, they beat Iona. Iona. Hey, it's instead Iona. Of doing, instead of doing the coaches, or it's instead Iona. of doing the teams, say the coaches. No, I want to do the teams. <laughs> I want to do the teams. It sounds a lot better when I do the yeah, teams. It does. It when does. I say the coaches, yeah, yeah, it's like harder as well. Yeah, Iona, St. Mary's, when one of their key players went down and. Look like you moving around, getting Randy the, his chair the second half, Alex Dukas. You know, and then obviously the last couple, Arkansas, Muscle a good one. win, but like Nick Smith has been a shell of what we thought he'd be. They didn't have Trevor Brazil. They were a ninth seed, right? They were a ninth seed, Arkansas. And then obviously, you know, last night, another big win, but Mark Gonzaga is not Gonzaga. Listen to how he's trying to justify I that. I am. This, just, is what, this is what UConn did. They beat Rick Patino and Iona. They Don't beat, say the names of the they coaches. Beat, they, beat Saint Mary's <laughs> and, they beat St. Mary's and Stop. Randy Bennett. Stop. I'm going to hit you every time they you beat, say the coach. They beat Eric Musselman, Nick Smith, Anthony Black, Ricky Council, Jordan Walsh, and Arkansas. His UConn jersey's in the, his backpack one of, one still. One of the best. It's right over there. Yeah, it yeah exactly. One of the best. One of the best. UConn pom-poms. Game, unbelievable. Game players. And then they just beat on. Mark Few and Drew Timmy, who's probably the best college basketball player currently in the And country. again, I, I've got an excuse for each one of those. Iona didn't have any bigs. St. Mary's was just okay right, so talent-wise. Here's what we got to do. We got to put an asterisk next to, Florida, next to Florida Atlantic, too. We got it, right? Kendrick Davis rolled his ankle in the second half of that game. Win doesn't count. Then they I'm played Fairleigh Dickinson in the say, second listen, round. Win doesn't all count. I'm oh, and then they say. got Tennessee with Rick Barnes as a choker. Zakai Ziegler towards ACL. That win doesn't count. Wipe that win off the resume. The only real win that Florida Atlantic got in the NCAA tournament is against Jerome Tang. Oh, first-year head coach. Doesn't count. Wipe them off the resume, guys. Wipe I'm just saying that they can, UConn can be beaten. It's not like, again, they cannot be beaten. Don't give them that garbage. Put that <laughs> stuff away. Yeah. So, listen, we, uh, we're going to step away here real quick. When we, oh, I love when we, when we come I, back, I am a Kemba guy. When we come back, we're going to go all the way into 
some of the, the details of just how wild this Final Four and how unlikely this Final Four is. Field of 68, After Dark. We're back, live, Sirius XM, Channel 84, what? Field of 68, After Dark. We're streaming over on the YouTube channel. Terrence Oglesby, Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster. We are at Circa. We're not in the stadium swim right now. We're watching the games down here. First, the sports books here first are outstanding. Outstanding. The outstanding place. Outstanding. Everything is. Everything is. Like, you're seeing, like, like behind us, you're seeing only the top screens. It's like they're not even close to the biggest screen they're using. That one is yeah. below. We're up on the second floor. Yeah. This place is legitimately the coolest sports book there is. Yes. Like we go I, I've, been, I've been to so many of everyone. I literally can say I've been to pretty much every sports book here. And this blows everything away. It's unbelievable. I went the stadium swim. The, the pool at Stadium Swim was 100 degrees today. Right. I was in a hot tub watching a game. The first game, at least. I was in a hot tub. Places we could legit. tell by your head that yeah, you were in you the sun today. Look at this. I tried, I tried see, to cool them I off. I told you guys I would turn into a dodgeball by the end of this trip. I tried, it I tried to cool him off. I dumped a bucket of ice water on his head. T.O. was not a fan of that. It scared me. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> I was so comfortable. <laughs> All right, so this is the first Final Four ever without a one seed a two-seed, or a three-seed in it. We just had the first Elite Eight ever with only one number one or number two seed. First one ever with no number one seeds in the Elite Eight. We kind of saw this one coming, Jeff. We kind of saw this coming. What have you been saying all year? Yeah, Anybody can win any given night. I mean, listen, you were kind of thinking about it and being like, all right, that team can't get to the Final Four. That team can't get to They're not good enough. They're not good enough. We would have said that about... Really, all four of these teams at one point, three of them we would have said it about all year, pretty much. Yeah, of course. Miami was like a little intriguing because we all thought they had high upside, right? They're not shocking. The fact that Miami here is not shocking, shocking. Obviously, the fact that FAU and San Diego State are here, nobody would have picked that. Nobody. UConn depends on the time of year. But you put these four together, and yeah, this is about as surprising of a, of a quartet as we've ever seen, obviously, in college basketball, because it's not like UConn was a one seed or a two seed yeah. or a three seed. What, what, is it our fault that we didn't pick Florida Atlantic because they were so good all year? They were no, so I mean, we good all no, year. Well, here's, here's the thing we, about just like, did, we didn't give Dusty May enough credit. But think about this. Think about Owls. this. Woo, woo. Think about this. They are, if, if, Memphis, woo, woo. if Alex, I think it was Alex Lomax, if he keeps Elijah Martin from getting to his left hand, with seven seconds left, down by one. If he keeps him from getting his left hand all the way to the rim. Sure. If he knows Boom. that that's a lefty, he's guarding him. Florida Atlantic ain't here. They're yeah. not in the Final Four. They lose they that are. game in the first round. But they are. Yeah, they are. Then that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the tournament. The beauty of this event. But I don't think that you could sit here and say we should like we 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 missed. We missed. We missed on Florida. Like it just they made their run. I'm willing I mean, to admit when I'm wrong, Dawson. I would love to find it. somebody who picked this Final Four. No, there's no chance. Unless you like Aztecs or Owls, I don't see how you right. make any justification. Right. you got to be an FAU fan. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, an FAU fan and a San Diego State fan because you didn't have them beating Alabama. Nobody did. Nobody had them beating Alabama. No. Um, I, I, I do think this, though. We didn't get the exact teams right. Right? We didn't say – nobody got the exact teams. But I think everybody could have said, like, yeah, this Final Four is going to be fucking crazy. Right, right. We all yeah. said that. We all said it all year of, like, hey – it's wide open, right? That was the term that we all, the year of the big, and it's wide open. Wide open. Those were the two things we said all over and over and, and over. And talent was dispersed because of the right. portal, because right. of the fifth year. Yeah, I mean, again, 
portal NIL extra COVID year. And, and I think the next two years could be more the same. I really do. I, I think you could see another surprise a year from now with two more teams that we didn't expect at all uh, to get there again. We just we didn't think the one the one mid-major team that did it all year. You know, Charleston and FAU were yeah, that, at one point two. it was actually Charleston that everybody fell in love with. Maybe only because I lived in Charleston. No, every, everyone loved them. Right. Everyone loved and them. And then all of a sudden, they kind of fell deep, off. They were run. They, they played a certain style. Right. It was fun. What do you think Charleston's thinking right now? That should have been us. That's what they're know. thinking. You know who they lost to in the know. first round? Uh, yes. San Miami. Diego State. Uh, San Diego State. Yeah. San Diego That's State. Right. All right. Let me ask you guys this question. We called it the year that you, since you brought this up, we called it the year of the big in the preseason. Yeah. Look at where the final four is. Or look at, look at who's in the final four yeah. right now. None of those bigs are there. No Hunter Dickinson, no Armando Baycott, no Oscar Sheway, no Zach Eady, no Azulas Tubelis. The, the, the big guy that made it is Adama Sonogo. The big guy that made it was Norchad. Norchad. But Sonogo. Norchad is a center. He's not the center six, of the was team. Was he 6'9"? Sonogo six. Norchad's then you got like, like two, six. you know. No, not You, you got Norchad, Nathan Mensah. Adama. Adama. But like, even how, Adama how, Sonogo, how tall was Adama? 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, 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 okay, yeah. so 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Norchad's 6'6". Six, six. Like, and then you got Vlad, Vlad seven feet, and Mensa's is a big boy, too. But, but here's yeah. the thing. None of those guys are, are the, the main are options. The focal point, are no. the, the first guy in the scouting right. report. When it comes to UConn, the first guy in your scouting report, Jordan Hawkins. Yeah. Yep. Sure. First guy you got to figure out. Second guy in your scouting report, what the, what the hell are we going to do with Andre Jackson? How are we He's an enigma. Second guy still, yeah. you can make a case. I mean, Sonogo, you still got to. It's not you, the first guy. No, but you got to. You're looking at the scout. You're, you're saying, like, if we don't do something with Sonogo, we're done. Right. We're done. Yeah. When it comes to Miami, Norchad is what? Like, fifth on the scouting report? All you're worried about is how we're going to box no, him no, out. he's fifth. Yeah, how he do you box him fifth. out? Golden, flat, the big kid. I'm, address, I'm addressing yeah. I'm addressing Omir pretty early in the no, scouting report. No, I agree, report. but you're going but wrong. But it's not because of how you, how you box him out, how you're going to take and roll. you're worried about their guards. Yes. Yes. Miami's guards are what you're worried about. Absolutely. First. San Diego Scoring State. Scoring-wise, yeah. San Diego State. You're worried about Nathan Mensah and how you're going to score on him. You ain't worried about how you're going to stop score. him. You can't score. Yeah, you can't score. You're yep. worried about how do we get the, whoever our five in is to be able to help everything and ignore Nathan Mensah without getting burned. That's what you do. Florida Atlantic, they got 17 different guards on that roster you care about. Vlad is down the list. Yep. You're right. Oh. Like, and you wonder, is it going to change? Is it going to start to change where at least some of the elite guys who are going to have a choice uh, on these bigs? Because other schools are going to take him. Like, let's face it, if Armando Baycott and Hunter Dickinson go in the portal this year, so he's, they're going most somewhere, teams yeah. are going to be like, hey, we'll take him in a heartbeat. Yep. The Kansases, the Kentuckys, the Carolinas, the Dukes, yep. what are they going to do? What do you want if you're those programs? How many years is it going to take for them to say, you know what? Maybe it is better to have, like, a 6'8 dude who can move around a little bit. and You know, like, Bill Self kind of did it this year with K.J. Adams. I think you need a better K.J. Adams, to be honest. Norchad O'Meara. Yeah. 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 Like, K.J. is a, four, like a straight four. He's only a five. four. He, he's a small five. He can't shoot. He can't shoot. And he, he can't put it on the deck either. He's a small five. Small five. He's 70% of, of Mark Vidal. That's what he is. He's 70% of Mark Vidal. 
But the issue is, you know that what he extra is? 30% is He's a hell of a player coming off the bench for a national title team. That's yeah. right. That's what he is. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I think what we're going to see, and if I'm somebody advising these coaches, I say break the bank for the guards. You can go yeah. get a big. If yeah, you want agreed. a big, go get a big, right? 100%. Like, Adama Snuggle has a ton of value. Nigel Pack. To, has a ton of they value. They did break the bank for him. But what you need is you need the guy like the Tristan Newton. You need the Andre Jackson. You need the playmaker. When it comes to all these other programs, like if you're if you're Carolina, yes, you want Armando Baycott back because it's valuable to have a guy that can rebound, guy that can throw it into And a guy post. who's going to produce no matter if he's yes. the focal point or not. But I think if there's need, one thing we learned about yes. Baycott, he can produce no matter if he's getting the ball that much yeah. or not. So, you know what You know what this was proven, though, a little bit? Like these mid-major guards that transferred up. Yeah. You know, like at San Diego State, they, they've done it. Or just the straight mid-major guards at FAU have done it, right? I mean, obviously, UConn, they added some good mid-major guards, transfers that are pieces. Joey came from pieces. San Diego. Tristan yeah. Newton came yeah. from East Carolina. Here, here's my question. You guys know our, where I stand at point guard play, right? Rank the point guards in this Final Four, the teams and the point guard play. There's really only one. The teams right. on the there's, right. There's really teams only on the one. Left. Point guard that stands out as like an elite level, right? Like Nigel, Nigel Pack. I, I wouldn't even call him a point guard. He's just small. He's a, he's a scoring guard. This he's just like, small. This is unbelievable, though, that we're talking about this. And and there's now this was the worst season I've ever been around in terms of point guards by far in college basketball. So maybe that's part of it too. I don't know if it'll get better next year or not. But I felt like it was it was super underwhelming. I also, what it comes down to is. What teams in the NCAA tournament have dudes that can create shots Guards. for themselves? Right, right. Like it, it could be a wing, yeah. Jordan Miller. It could be a forward. It could be, it could be Nigel Pack or Isaiah Wong. It could be, you know, throw another name in, Jordan Hawkins. He can find a way to score. The thing is, is if your five man is your best player, you have to have somebody get it to him. Yep. That's the biggest. Thing. Like Drew Timmy, he had to have somebody get it to him. There's a reason Strother took the last shot. Yes. Yeah, that's well, right. no, you're right. You need, you can't rely on those bigs because, again, they need somebody to get them the ball, and a lot of times they can't get them the ball, so right. you better make a play off the bounce. Mm -hmm. How is it that we keep forgetting Jordan Miller? Like, he has been so good all year. Yep. Who? Yeah, it's Jordan Miller. And he was so good in their Elite Eight run last because year. He's, right. Because he's the piece. He's the guy that makes everything right. else work. Right. But right. A, but, yeah, I guess. But, like, he's that third guy after everybody focuses on those other two, like, so good, so versatile. Can, it just impacts winning in so many different ways. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. Jordan Miller is why Miami's a good team. Right? Yeah, of course. The reason why he's, they, he's one of five reasons why they're a good well, team. The, he's him, Norchad, like the, the guys like that are the reason why they're good. What takes them to that top level, what makes them be a Final Four caliber team, is when Nigel Pack is playing like he did tonight, and when Isaiah Wong is making shots off the bounce, and when Wuga Poplar is doing some things. So I, I think that's part of the reason why we don't – because you just – you know what you're going to get from them. Yeah. It, it today it popped because he didn't miss a shot and he made a bunch of free throws. But it rarely is like, oh, wow, Jordan Miller just went for 30. Like, Jordan Miller took this game. But no, he goes out there. He does what he does. He does it pretty much every single game. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's just – he's there. He knows his role. He's willing to play second fiddle on games that, that dictate that to be the case. Mm -hmm. 
It's really, really, really good the, college player. You need player. the intangible guys. Exactly. You He's need that. Him. You need him. He is that. Andre Jackson is that. I think uh, it really helps him, too. Poplar can shoot it. Wong can shoot it. Pat can shoot it. Yep. Like, He's got all that room to operate. All that room to operate. He's an excellent pocket passer whenever they come over and help uh, off of Omir. Yep. All right. So we have official national title futures. UConn is the heavy, heavy favorite to win it. The team that is currently sitting at the bottom of the futures rankings is Miami. I'm going to ask these two guys how the bottom, bottom, how, how you beat UConn in this tournament and who's the most likely team to do it. Field of 68. After dark. You guys ever get tired of trying to prove I'm that sick you want of an it. argument? I'm sick of it. That your takes weren't hot? I just get tired of you all right? together. <laughs> you do. You do. Well, I got an answer to your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends or your enemies, in the case of Jeff Goodman, keep track of your results and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest one in the room. Vaulted will also be releasing more than 50 pools in the next three months, so download the app at the link below, sign up for your three-month trial, and store your predictions now and forever. Welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. We are live. Sirius XM Channel 84. <laughs> that is College Sports Radio. We are streaming over on YouTube. We got about 10 minutes left here in the show before we get to the afters, where we will be answering your questions. So jump in the chat, fire away. Our producer, Dagan Hughes, will be storing them and saving them up. Terrence Oglesby, Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster here. So we got the odds now. UConn, plus 110 to win the national title. FAU, plus 680 to win the national title. San Diego State, plus 900 to win the national title. And Miami is currently sitting at plus 1,200 to win the national title. T.O., I'm going to go to you first on this one. How do you beat UConn? How do you beat UConn? And who is the most likely team to be able to do it? it it's going to be really hard, guys, it, it, because they're so big, long, and physical on the defensive end. But in games where teams have shot better than 52% from two, UConn is two and six. So if you're able to get into the lane and you're able to score at a high rate, you're going to be in good shape. Also, get to the free throw line if you can. Not optimistic that teams can do that in this NCAA tournament because they're not calling a ton of fouls. It's going to be hard, but at the same time, you've got to find ways to be effective around the rim. Yeah. It's tough, tough matchup. They're playing so well. I, I think. Yeah. He's done the last uh, every game of this tournament. But, yeah. 
It just fall just fell out there. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 so anyway, so as as I was saying. See, they can't hear Rob anyway. The 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 recipe again for for beating UConn. He turned is, the mic off. Are you? Am I back? You're back. You, you turned the mic off. Well, maybe I felt like people didn't want to hear me talk just now. No one wants to hear you talk, ever, ever. All right, getting it back on the rails. Go ahead, and make your point. No, I was just saying. Listen, UConn has had a stretch where they they lost six of eight earlier this year, so there's a recipe to beat them. It's not like they have it. This isn't a team that came in like like some dominant team, right? Over the course of the year, they were really good early, really good late, but they went through a stretch that they could be beaten. I get Andre Jackson's a different player now than he was, but if they're not making shots, if Jordan Hawkins is kind of doing his disappearing act, which he's done at times, he tends to glide, especially in the first half. You know, Sonogo, you can even give him his. I'll even say that. You could even give Sonogo his 25 and 15. But if you, li- if you limit Hawkins and keep Hawkins to, to, to single digits, sure. Jackson's not, you sag off Jackson, and you know what? Maybe he, he decides he's going to try to shoot it from the perimeter and, and not make shots. Calcaterra doesn't make shots. Aline, they've done that. They've had games like that. Play him close, and who knows with Miami? I mean, shit. This is a team that got, they, they've got guys that can get in there. Klingon, to me, is still the one that, like, is the X factor for me because if Sonogo's not playing well, Klingon comes in, those guards are going to have trouble going, you know, getting to the rim. Yeah, to, yeah. Me, to me, the X factor is Hawkins. And the reason sure. I say that is because if you look at their entire team, like Tristan Newt, you know what he is. Andre Jackson, you know what he is. Sonogo, you know what he is. The guy that can turn them from a very good team into a national championship great team. And he can do it like this. Yes. And he can hit three in a row, yes. turn a game on its head. He's the only one who can do that. Yeah. So, And I'm not sure that – I think it's by design that he's slow out of the gates. I'm really? telling you. I really Why? think it is. Why he, would you want a guy like that who could honestly – I, I told you. I played I, told be, I played better. Dominate. He, he could dominate. Well, that's, I wouldn't want him going that's, right that's, out of the game. That's not what it is. I play they better when I stuff, let the game right? come to they him. They run their stuff, and what they're trying to do at the start is establish Adama Sonogo. They're trying to get the ball to him and get him going so that you have to pay attention to him. And then all of a sudden, once you decide, all right, we got to double when he gets touches, then he kicks it out, swing, swing, boom, you got to open three. The other part of it is so much of what Jordan Hawkins does when he's the, the biggest threat is in transition. The biggest threat is in transition. And they get out and run a lot more in the second half than they do in the first half because they're able to adjust to what you're doing offensively, get some more tweaks, they're getting some more stops, and boom, all of a sudden it's a rebound, kick out, hit ahead. It's Andre Jackson gets the rebound and runs, and boom, you got someone on the way. I also, one thing I want to push back on is the idea that you just let Adama Sonogo get his 25. The reason why I say you can't do that is because if he's getting his touches in the post, it means their offense is working. It means they're able to run their stuff, create the angles, get the dump downs, and he's able the to run the score. is I'd rather give up twos and threes. Well, no, you're right. But if you can get out and pressure on the perimeter and you don't let them get into their stuff, then he never gets his touches. So that, to me, is the key. Like, if, if he's able to get, like, 12 post-ups and he scores on eight of them, like, that is a bad thing for whoever they're playing. But if you get out of pressure. I think you're going to stay in the game. You, look at the Marquette game. Sonogo was not great against Marquette because they weren't able to get him touches in the post where he needed it. What they were able to do was get out and pressure you. They missed some shots. And, again, I'll, I'll go back to this. 
it ends up to me, I think the, the, the thing that you said was whether or not they're making their jumpers and making their threes. They shoot a lot of threes. And when they're going down, I, you can't beat them. Does it they're going to go 10 for 22 from three. Does it matter? Me. Does it matter that the game's on April Fool's Day? It's my birthday. It's your, it's your birthday, it's April Fool's birthday. Day? It's awesome. Now, I, that, the only fluke I could see, like Miami doesn't traditionally guard all that well. Like I'm sitting here looking at their Kimpom numbers, 104th. Are they going to be able to guard UConn? I just, I just don't know. Be, I just don't know. Can Omir stay in the game? It's going to. Well, one is Omir staying in the game, and two is going to be, who do you have? If you're Miami, who do you put on Andre Jackson, and who do you put on Alex Caravan? You probably have Jordan Miller on on Alex Caravan, right? I think you have to. I think you put Jordan Miller on. Andre Jackson, because he's a better help defender than the well, other guys on, on the perimeter. Then what they're going to do is Wooga they're going to run offense. Poplar, I'm putting on Caravan. And then they're, they're going to run offense to get him a post touch, because he can score in a post. Okay. Who's going to beat me, Caravan? Out of all those options, I'm picking Caravan. To, if you're, somebody's going to beat me, it's going to be Caravan. Right. Agreed. A hundred percent. Like, like you, you're right. He can score, but, like, look at that roster. Who are you going to pick to beat you? If I'm picking somebody out of that starting five, it's Caravan. I'm not saying it can happen. I'm saying, like, if I were a coach looking in, I'd be like, oh, shit, I got my hands full. And I'm praying that Newton's not hitting his Make Caravan go for 30. You know what will happen then? He misses a couple jumpers in an opposite over his 18 offensive rebounds. Yep, that's right. No, I, I do think that. I don't think. I think, I think O'Meara. Right. He can, I think he can stand up to Sonogo. I do, too. You're the showing, problem you're is, your the problem is when Sonogo goes no, out no, of the, the game. Right. I just, yeah. like, when you. <laughs> When you, when they have an answer for. Hey, yeah, they they're they're heavy favor. They have a, they're heavy reason. favors for a reason. Right, exactly. they, they do have an answer. Yep. Our question was, how? What do we choose to go at yeah. if we're an opposing coach? I, I'm choosing that Jordan Miller's going to be, not, not yeah, Jordan Miller's going to be on the help defender. He's yeah. going to be the help defender. He's going to be that guy in front of the runway, because he's a better help defender than probably the rest of their guys because he's so smart the, in front of the runway. Yeah. And I think you got to switch it up. If you're if you're Larinaga, you better you better switch it up. And again. Sonogo is almost like comfortable. Like yeah, they're not. Three, one or something. Right? I mean, he gets the ball and he was passing it like I've never seen him pass it before. Yeah. He's, he's never passed it like that. I know. Before. I know. He's, he's never passed it crazy. Like so he's going to have confidence going into this game like he's probably never had. And maybe the game, you know, the game slowed down a little bit for him. You could see that. All right. So we got about three minutes left here. I want to ask you guys this. Best player of the tournament so far. If you had to pick a tournament MOP as of today, who are you taking? I mean, I'm going to – I guess I'm going to go with Noel. I mean, Obviously, he's, be. he's been the best player, but, you know, at some point – yeah, I mean, you got to at this point, then you're going to have a, a most outstanding player for the Final Four. But you have to go Marquise Noel. Right, as of right now, yes. Right. Jordan Hawkins, because they're still playing, and he's been awesome. I don't hate it. What about Jordan Miller? No, no, he's, not he's there. He hadn't been. He hadn't right. done it the whole, the whole I mean, postseason. I, I think it's Noel. I, I don't know how you argue with it. No, I, I'm not arguing. I'm just you know, like for, he, for, for you're going. You're you're debating. For, yeah, yeah. But yeah for, for argument's for, sake. Yeah, Marquise Noel. This right. was his tournament. Right. It sucks that he's not still playing. I know. Uh, that, that's really the hang-up. Like, because I think Kansas State fans would have showed up in Houston. They would have. Yes. I thought it would have been great. I thought Noel was a terrific story. Him playing at home in the Garden. That was awesome. It, it, he was awesome. Uh, but for the sake of argument, for the sake of debate. Because they're still playing uh, Jordan Hawkins. Yeah, listen, this has been Fearless 68 After Dark, Series XM, Channel 84. Come to Houston. If you're coming to Houston, 
We have shows, Little Woodrow's, Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon. We're going to be at the Bayou Music House Thursday night, Friday night. We're going to be all day Sunday at McIntyre's. You guys are going to know. We're going to tell you. We'll keep you up to date on it. Uh, Come see us. It's been fun. We've been, this is the end of our time in Las Vegas. We've been here for four straight days. I've survived. It's been I'm not, fun. I'm not completely broke. Close. My, my my net worth has gone down just a little bit. I'm not completely broke. Uh, but listen, we're going <laughs> to be horrible. Yeah, he's a horrible blackjack player. Not horrible, man. I just got, got some bad luck. Got some <laughs> bad, bad luck. luck. Listen, That's what they all say. Listen, stop talking. <laughs> listen, this has been the Field of 68 After Dark. We'll be live again tomorrow night, 11 p.m. John Fanta, Randolph Childress, Matt McCall. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. And we're clear. We are clear. Good show. Time for the afters. What we got? Afters. Drop me some Let's questions. Do, do we want to talk yeah. about something else? You got a, you got something to go? Yeah. Get some, some questions. Yeah. Just taking some questions. Yeah, yeah. Just taking some questions. All right. Well, I have one for you about the Penn State job. Obviously, you said Mike Rhodes yeah. going to visit with Penn State yeah. today. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on there? I mean, here, here's the biggest thing. is So Mike Rhodes met with, um, met with Penn State for a couple hours today in Richmond. And he's from around there. He's from Penn State, that area. He played at Lebanon Valley. Uh, he's got family around there. The biggest thing is, is he the guy or not? If he's the guy, that means they can offer him three-plus million. Okay? VCU, I'm told, can go... To about two million. So if if you multiply that out, you know, six times three is what, Rob? Let's 18. see how good your math skills are 18. these days. Six times two. Twelve. Twelve. Are you gonna leave six million on the table right now if you're Mike Rhodes? For a chance to go back to where he's from? And, and coach not. and coach in a multi bid league. In, in a league not. where if you finish where they're in the just top handing eight. him out. Where they're just handing him out. The yeah, I mean you finish in the top eight, you're in. Mike Shrewsbury showed that this year. What were they in the league? Uh, 500? Literally everybody in the Big Ten was either 11 <laughs> or 11 or 10 or 10. <laughs> Other so, than yeah. Purdue. Yeah. Other than Purdue and Minnesota. The entire league was Minnesota was not. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and say that Penn State was 11 and 9. So I will go ahead and say if Mike Rhodes is out for the job, I do believe he will take it. And then the question is, what does VCU do? Also, it's Lebanon Valley. But Lebanon, Lebanon? Lebanon Valley. Lebanon Valley. Lebanon Valley. That's what I said. You said Lebanon Valley. And he's from the coal uh, region, which is not far from Pennsylvania. If he either. takes from it. what? He's from the coal region up there in Pennsylvania, not far from Pennsylvania. I don't know State. any of that. See, but I do. I got you. I know I'm you do. Well done, Dagan. I'm helping you out. If I'm they do, if they do, where does VCU go? That's what I was saying. So, like, Mike Morell yeah. yes. would be Let's a go. guy in the mix. Mike. Give it to Mike. He'd be in the mix. UNC Asheville, former Shaka assistant coach. So I think I think Morell would be. He fits that pressure thing. Yeah, I, I mean he'll be in the he mix. Recruit that area. I don't know who else. I got to think about that one. And, and How do the people research. of Richmond feel about faux hawks though? Is that going to be okay? About what? Faux hawks. His hair is hair. He wears. He has a faux hawk. Oh, Morell? Yeah, he's got a faux hawk. Really? Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah. Do you, are, do you think they're going to be okay with it's it? It's called fashion. Look I it think up. They'll be all right. He, he's a whole <laughs> lot more fashionable than you are. He wears the the long sleeves under uh, the pants. Maybe he's he wears not. a jacket. All right, next question, next question, next question. <laughs> he might. Why shouldn't Texas back up the Brinks truck for Eric Musselman? He's not even in the equation, no. so don't worry about it. No. He, he was never in the there's, equation. There's lots of reasons why. Right. The biggest one is you want uh, to develop a program where people tend to like each other. Well, that's not it. Uh, listen. <laughs> that's Mus not is, it is what he said before he picked up his mic. Mus is a, a, a certain 
uh, type of coach. And I think, listen, Chris Beard, Chris Del Delcani dealt with Chris Beard, who could be high maintenance at times before Must is high maintenance? Must is, yes, Must <laughs> is high maintenance. So, again, Must is a hell of a coach. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't think Delcani, and, and that's why I don't think he'd go after a Calipari. And now the big question is, going to the Elite Eight, was that enough for Rodney Terry? Should have been. Was it enough? We'll see. Why, we'll see would, why wouldn't you just throw a whole bunch of money at Jerome Tang and see if he says yes? I mean, because he went as far as Rodney Terry did. So how does that look? First year head coach. He went as far as Rodney Terry did. His It'd only be year as a head coach. Huh? He, his only year as a head coach. I, I yes. get it. Completely construed Listen, the roster. I, I think Rodney, Rodney Terry, like, had a chance all those years. Look, here's, here's the truth. If Chris Calcanti did his job the right way, then he's already reached out to the five people, sure. six people, whatever his list is. He knows the answer from them. So now it's either he's going to get Bruce Pearl or Jerome Tang or um, Brad Underwood or Cal- whoever it is. He's either going to get them or Rodney Terry's going to get the job. I don't think that you just go out and go to, like, the, the eighth or ninth guy on your list. You right. don't do that. Right. You just If you can't get the three or four biggest names, do the right thing, give, give it to Rodney Terry, Give him a contract that's easy two to get year, out of. Two yeah. years, seven, something like that. No, I think I think Low you got give him that's give him the yeah. give him like you got to give him like a big number of years because you want to be able to like you, you got to give him four years because yeah. he can he can't can't recruit. It's hard to recruit yeah. high school kids without understood four years. Yep. understood. So you got to give him the years. It's just a buyout. It's all about the buyout. Yep. Right. Make it easy to get out Dang of. I'm I'm looking. I'm searching here. Uh, Jacob wants to know if there's any transfers that UConn is after, but they're still playing. So I we doubt, don't I honestly. Doubt that. Right now, we've been so focused on games and, and coaching stuff that the portal, in, in, in about eight days, we'll really get to kind of going on the think, portal. Like, I don't even think that those guys are paying oh, all that are. much. Oh, they are. You're wrong. All that You're wrong. Much, all that much attention. I, all to I know is I've walked into several coaching locker rooms here and in Albany, and the coaches are literally on the phone FaceTiming with transfers in the portal. So they're insane. trying. They're trying the best they can while obviously, like, if a guy has a scout, he's probably focused on that scout. The other guys are are, are trying to hit the portal. And UConn is an interesting one because there are a lot of guys that have big decisions to make about what they're going to do. Like, are you going to get Jordan Hawkins back? Probably not. No, no. Maybe. There's no decision there. Zero decision. Hurley would be the first to say. Yeah, he's already going. They have have five freshmen coming in. Andre Jackson. What's he going to do? Is he going to come back? Is yeah, he he's going to come back. Where's he going to go? He, if he goes, he'll be a top 40 pick. Top what? Like a top 40, top 45 pick. Andre Jackson. He is the he best. He's the most intriguing yeah. prospect. He is yeah. the best glue guy in all of college basketball, the best athlete in college basketball. And I think every team is going to look Although, at him and you know say, what? Maybe you're I right. can teach him how Maybe to you're shoot. right because, honestly, he's probably better served in the NBA just working the shot yeah. every day. Yeah. 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 Someone's so maybe gonna, you're right. Someone's going to con- yeah. convince he's himself. A he's, a a fu- he's a futures bet. This is third year? He's been there three years. It'll be his fourth I, you know, year. The hardest part for me is remembering how many years any of these kids, and if they've got a year left or not. Like, yeah. I don't the, know. The coaching staffs don't even it's fucking awful. know. No, it's they awful. They don't now. even know. I think Adama Sonogo's got a decision to make. Yeah, an important decision Can he to make. do anything more? Right? Yeah, what, it's, not, what? it's not just that. Connecticut, yeah. he, he's not going to be able to make the NIL money he'd be able to make anywhere else right. because of the, the laws that they have right. because he's from uh yeah. he's from, he's from overseas so he's overseas players you can figure it out that's that's the only thing i'll say you know what, you know what the you other part of it is figure it out what happens with donovan Klingon? 
What, what do you mean? And what happens? If he takes a step this offseason, like, Adama Sinogo might be sitting there as great as he's been. And it's like, you, You're yeah. calling this a, 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 what was his name? Oh, my God, the Purdue guy. Zach Eady. Zach Eady and uh, the dude who just left last year. Like, that, it Travion could be Williams. the same kind of a situation. Travion Williams. It could be the same. No, I don't think that Wow, Adama look ever, at you. Call, think, you're going to put Adama on the bench next year. No, but it could be something where he plays 20 minutes a game instead of playing 30 right now. Here's my question, since Dagan's doing a horrible job of mining the, the chat questions. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Donovan Klingon in the NBA. Can he, can he play down the road? Can Donovan Klingon play in the NBA and, and stay in the NBA? I, I think that he can because of his ability to play and drop coverage. But the dude needs to spend the entire – last year he lost all the weight. Like he had a bunch of baby fat lost all the weight. This year he needs to spend the entire summer doing nothing but like squats and leg press and lunges. But he did. He changed his whole body. Yeah, so, yeah he right. lost all the weight. Right. Now he's got to really well, improve the, the lower body strength. Really improve the core strength. That's what he's got. Walker Kessler is doing well in the NBA right yes. now. Yeah. That's and you know what? Klingy can move, man. He can move. Saying. Like watching him run. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I think he's a, he's a good athlete. I think he could play in the NBA. He and stick. We've never seen him like actually shoot in a game. But if you watch that him, shot looks good. He got one at the end of the game he, yesterday. He what would you do if you were Zach Eady right now? Zach Eady? Yeah. I'm coming back. Coming back. Yeah. Again, he's, NIL he's, is, is not going to be somebody's going to pony up. Somebody's going to pony up for Zach. I, I think Zach Eady leaves. I don't. I don't think he comes back. He graduated, right? No. No. Was it junior? Yeah. Is year three? I think he leaves. Really? I mean, maybe because of the loss, maybe that that changes things a little bit. I don't know, but I, man. I, I think before the tournament, I think it was like more likely that he left. I I. You know him better than I do, but he just strikes me as the kind of guy that, one, loves Purdue, two, loves college, and three, understands that, like, he's going to be a star there. Like, if you're if you're him yeah. and your choice is making, like, I don't want to put a number on it, but X amount of dollars playing for Purdue let's say they in Mackey Arena. Let's say they get him four or five hundred grand. Yeah, let's, say, let's just say five hundred, right? A lot more people making five hundred in college basketball, and I think people realize. Yeah, can, so he make, can he make five hundred? On a two-way? No. No way? I don't think he – well, yeah, yeah, you can. You can on a two-way. You don't think he can get a two-way? Are you giving him a two-way? I don't know. I don't I mean, think I am. I don't know. Not don't the way the I game's am. played now. Yeah. There's got to be somebody like a Klingon who can get out and at least, yeah. you know, push it out to the perimeter. And the other question that is like – At least at a futures well, bet. shot at all, right? Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. If it's, your, yeah. if it's the same amount, right, we're talking about the same amount, do you want to spend a year playing in Mackey Arena? Where you're, where you're a god, where Matt Painter, you can kind of run this thing back so the, the last memory people have isn't you losing to a 16 seed, right? Yeah. Or yeah. do you want to go play in fucking Sioux Falls? No, I get it. I get it. And, and maybe he'll, he'll, he'll flip. I, I think he was leaning towards the other way before the tournament. I hope he comes back. College basketball is better with Zach Eady yeah, here. I agree. Zach, I know you watch the show, man. We need you. We need you. Nah, I don't I know how Zach we're going to make it man. happen. We'll get you a field of 68 sponsorship somehow. Somehow. Okay? Somehow, maybe we'll have you on the show. You want to do a Purdue podcast? Sec, call me up, man. I'm right here. I'm still hey, trying man. to get an NIL deal from Field 68. All right, what do we got next? Uh, next, if you obviously we've seen all these guys make it to the Final Four, if you had to race the little number that's their seed next to their team name, what seeds would you give these guys now, knowing what we know now? One to four, you mean? No, what no, no. Mean? If you had to take away, you can oh. give them any seed, but what would you give them? As the, like, I'll give you kind of number one seed yeah. now, but that's stupid. 
Like, FAU would be a 3-4. It's a weird one to ask. Like, I don't, I don't think that this. What are you going to give them? A 6 now instead of a Those. Are you talking about. Okay, like Fort Atlantic comes in as a 9. Should they have been a 9? Personally, I have no problem with the seeding. Like, people spend way too much time complaining about this shit. And now you look at how the tournament played out and you're like, you know what? Just win games. No, no, none of these teams were the ones that where you're like, they were egregiously misseeded. Right? I don't know how many were that mattered. The you, one that, yeah, that could have been egregiously misseeded was FAU. Maybe. I don't know if it's egregious. But we were, we were all hoping, like, ah, I hope they end up as a 10 instead of a 9. Yeah, so they don't six. get a 9, nine seed. 7. We were, seven. Yeah, we were hoping that they were lower said. than they yeah. were. The, the one I would say is that UConn is a top five team on Ken Palm, being a number four seed in the same region. As, like, Kansas probably has the biggest gripe of anybody about where they were seeded. Right. I agree. That worked out. Well, Kansas' whole deal. The seeding, where they were sent, and then obviously not having Bill Self, and then Dewan Harris stepping and, on the and the time. fact And the fact that they ended up in the same region as Illinois, Arkansas, then UConn, then Gonzaga or UCLA out, like, they're the only ones that really had to complain. The teams that made it here aren't the ones that should have had the gripes. The teams that had to play the teams that were underseeded are the ones that have the gripes. All right, we got to wrap it up. Something's going on with the camera, it looks like, over here. So we're going to All right, wrap let's, wrap. Yeah. let's wrap. Let's wrap it. This has been awesome. Thank you to Stadium Swim. Thank yeah. you to Circa. Yeah, man. Thank you to Aaron Oser over here. He's keeping yep. an eye on us, making sure that we have our agua whenever we need it. That's right. um, thank you to Derek for, for putting us up here. Unbelievable setting here. Uh, when you are in Vegas, make sure you come to Stadium yeah. Swim. Look, it was 55 the degrees best. this entire week. T.O. got sunburned. Yep. No, was it wasn't 55. I get moonburned. It was not 55 on that. It's not 55 at that pool, man. No, no. It is no. unbelievable. If you haven't been there, you need to go there. You need to go check it out. Best place to watch games. We're, headed, we're headed to Berry's now for, uh, for dinner. Berry's. Steak get, dinner downstairs here. the biggest steak yep. that I possibly can get. I'm hungry, boys. I'm hungry. <laughs> that was great. For Terrence Oglesby, for Jeff Goodman, for producer Dagan Hughes, my name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys again tomorrow night.